there is a huge difference between, well, I said yes now, so I'm going to be in heaven one day. In the meantime, I can do whatever I want, mm. which was my understanding. Yep. And the realization that eternal life starts now and the beauty of sanctification, which isn't perfection because you're never going to reach perfection on this earth, but mm. it's a process and it's a beautiful process. Thanks for listening to If That Makes Sense, Family Life's original podcast about what life's like as a young person following Jesus. My name's Tim. I'm in Family Life's radio department. My name's Mike, and I work in the events and performing arts departments. I'm Tately, and I work in the events department. I think it's been really fun going through Romans so far, Hmm. and it's been kind of this road of (laughs) bad news, if I'm being honest, with where it's been leading. Paul's kind of, in the first couple chapters here, just been showing us that we're all sinners. And part of what that means, all of us being in the same sin boat together, is we don't get to put ourselves on a moral high horse above someone else. Yeah, sin's a real thing. Yeah, sin is worthy of being condemned. But I don't get to make myself any better than anyone else. That's kind of where we came from last episode. I hope you've been following along with us. If not, totally a fine place to jump right in the flow of things here on this episode here where we're looking at chapter three. But uh, yeah, absolutely. We'd love to have you joining us for this whole journey where we're looking at the book of Romans. None of us are pastors, not professional ministers by any means. We're just normal people like you reading God's word and seeing what it has to say for us. Uh, looking at chapter three today, <laughs> finally some good news in this story. <laughs> Tately, do you want to start us here in chapter in verse twenty? For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, who God put forward as propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by a law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also. Since God is one, who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith? Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. So as I listen to that, the thing that sticks out to me is that I did nothing for any of this. Hmm. Christ did everything. And that's so counter Hmm. to, I think, the world and all other religions. And that's what was striking me about this passage. And and also for me in my own personal life, it seems to me the world has this bent toward 
performance. Mm. And you can see it if you if you look at the Pharisees back in Bible times, it was you have to do all of these right things. And you look to careers and jobs today and what gets you a raise? It's how well you perform. It's your skill set. It's whether you're good enough to do this or not. And so much of the Christian life emphasizes it's not based on your works. You're saved by grace through faith for works. Mm. And and so that's something that I've heard a lot in my life. And sometimes I, I think I sort of breeze through that because like, yeah, obviously not not saved by works. But it's interesting to me when everything else in the world is structured around performance, how easily I fall into that performance aspect of everything else. Whether it's um, for me as a pianist, I have to perform the best. I have to be the best out there. So for the sake of being the best Mm. in my job, I have to be the best for the sake of being the best. And so when I when I am hearing what Paul's saying in Romans 3, as he's talking about how I did absolutely nothing to deserve this gift, what freedom there is, not only in receiving that gift, but also in the implications it has for the rest of my life that I can stop performing because Christ mm. not only saved me for an eternity, but He's saved me from the need to to perform, to be the best. So that's that's the thing that I think stood out to me this read through. Mm. And <laughs> right. <laughs> not, not but. Not but. And and because you said it there about being saved to works, not mm-hmm. saved by works. Of course, this is a debate that goes back a long <laughs> ways, you know, well, faith versus works. And I'm probably oversimplifying things when I say that I think the Bible makes it pretty clear that faith and works have to go together and that faith, like you said, saved two works. Works are the evidence of a living faith. Mm-hmm. I, th- I I think that's part of what Paul's getting at at the end of the passage here. Do we then overthrow this law mm-hmm. by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. And it's a little different because... Again, as we say at the end of the beginning of every episode, I'm not a Bible scholar here. So I know that Paul's talking about something a little different when he's talking about the law. He's kind of talking about the difference between Jews and Gentiles because the Roman church that he's writing to was comprised of Christians who had come from a Jewish background and Christians who came from a Gentile background. And there were some, well, there were some ritual and ceremonial kind of differences there. So, but I think it's not a stretch to say that at least one thing we can take from what Paul's saying in the last sentence here is, so what then? Does that mean that our faith gets to throw law to the wind and throw works of righteousness to the wind? <laughs> By no means. Absolutely not. It's the kind of exact opposite, really. It's because of our faith that we uphold what God tells us to do. So, yeah, it's... um. It really is, it's another one of those paradoxes of the Christian faith where at once you are working as hard as you can for the glory of God, and at the very same time, you are completely resting in the easy yoke and light burden 
of of Christ. Like you said, Mike, only God could have thought of that. I don't think any other religion quite strikes that balance there. Yeah, and I love this idea of so often, whether it's um, faith, a, a faith that we think is works-based or, or anything else, we're, we're trying our very hardest to get the verdict, right? Like, I'm doing the best that I can in my career because I want the verdict to be, you've done a good job, we're going to give you a raise. Um, in, in a faith that is based on works, which ironically, a man-made faith, of course, is going to be based on works because everything else is based on performance and works. Um, but it's, I have to try as hard as I can to get this verdict, which is, all right, we'll take you into heaven because you were good enough. And that's like, it's flipped on its head where we already have the verdict of innocent. Now we can, we can rest in God because Christ paid the price. And it's exactly what you're saying, resting in that. Then we're going to want to do the things that please God and the things that um, God has called us to do to the very best of our ability. It's it's not to say that, well, now I'm not interested in being the best piano player that I can be. It's not that at all. It's the motivation behind it and the reason for it. Mm. It's not so that I can get a pat on the back. It's because God calls me to do everything I do with excellence. I think the better you understand what your verdict was before God intervened, the more that appreciation shows through Hmm. of the changed verdict. Hmm. Yes. So it's kind of where Paul was, was bringing us to all have sinned and fallen short. We don't, we don't deserve heaven. We don't deserve anything. And then Christ stepped in. That's why verse 21 says, but now Hmm. (laughs) he, he broke everyone down. He brought his readers to a point of guilt of recognizing their incompetence, their inability to do anything well. And then he said, but now. Mm. And he changed it to the justification through Christ. And the but now goes to, but now God has done this. He's provided a way. Christ has done this so that we can be saved through him. And through that, our verdict is innocent. But it was not before yeah. that. Yeah. And when we realize that, you know, when, and that's why it's so important to do things in context, because so many of these verses in chapter three are well known, they're recited often, but in the context, they're so much more powerful because mm. Paul laid it out in a very careful way, like Mike was saying about how, you know, he starts with, aren't they terrible? <laughs> you are too. <laughs> and then it's like, you're terrible, you're, you, you can't do anything, you know, we've all fallen short. And and in context, it's very important because he he does it very intentionally mm. to to show our need for God and to bring us to a place where we can truly appreciate that propitiation of our sins. You said the word propitiation because Paul uses the word that we don't use much in our <laughs> context. We don't really talk about propitiation a lot, but. If I'm reading it right from what I can read in other places in the Bible where it gets used a couple other times and in in the old usage of this word, it's it's a sacrifice that appeases wrath. It's and it it deliberately uses imagery that goes back to the Old Testament where blood was sprinkled onto the Ark of the Covenant, representing mm-hmm. the place where God's 
actual presence was as the Israelites understood it. So it's like a, it's a word that has a lot of, I mean, it's a pretty charged word. It has imagery of blood sacrifice. It has imagery of an angry God being appeased. And there it is waiting for us in um, uh, verse 25, whom Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood. Hmm. Why am I saying this? Because it just makes me think about how we present the gospel. Do you remember how the gospel was put to you when you were a child? I'm guessing, we, I think we were all, say, you know, came to faith at a pretty young age um, when we first received or heard the gospel. Do you remember how it was, how it was phrased to you or how you heard it when you were a kid? <laughs> Growing up in a Christian household and within the church, I think it's actually harder to pinpoint the first time you've heard it. Yeah, definitely. When you've right, grown up right. with it. Yes, yes. Um, I know that my family loved tracks oh, yeah. and those kinds of little quips uh-huh. and everything, but um, just the wordless book mm. was... The, is that the bracelet, the colors? Um, the it could be the colors, yeah, or we had an actual book with the different colors and everything, oh, okay. and my mom just would go through that with us and everything. And no, so that's where, and I'm saying this for myself and for anybody else who might not know, because I'm just, I'm refreshing my memory. There's different colors and they stand for different things, right? Like there's black for like, it's your sin. And then red is the Jesus blood and green is new life or something yeah. like that. Okay. I think that having grown up in a Christian home and going to church my whole life, I had heard it so many times, mm-hmm. it just sort of became something that was like, oh yeah, Jesus loves me and he died for me. The really cool thing is once you sort of grow up and find yourself in this place where you need to make your faith your own, when I'm not living with my parents, am I still going to go to church? What do I actually mm-hmm. believe? When you get to that place and you start doing some research for yourself and digging into the Bible... There's such cool symbolism and such such interesting parallels, like you were talking about the blood mm. splattered on the Ark of the Covenant, that I had no idea when when I accepted Christ. Mm. I I don't even know that I fully understand what I was saying yes to. It was only in in time of doing my own digging that really cool things like that start to pop up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For myself, would say I remember like I like both of you definitely don't remember the first time I heard the gospel presented at all, and I don't remember how even my mom would have phrased it to me, you know, to lead me through that prayer that whenever the first time was that I prayed the salvation prayer, and that's something we've talked about a lot in the past in other episodes on this show. But definitely the idea that Jesus died for your sins. And you hear that, like you said, Mike, so much that it kind of, it kind of loses its meaning. Yeah. And also you're used to, you know, maybe having it laid out for you as a kid where, you know, you've done bad things. And so therefore there's this penalty, but Jesus took it and he died for your sins so that, so that you can go to heaven when you die is usually kind of how that wrapped up. I was just looking at this verse earlier, though I think it really all was because of the word propitiation, because you think, what does that mean? And it mm-hmm. made me think, if I had to give the gospel today to my adult self, how would I do it? 
if I met a version of me who was just like me, you know, same emotions, kind of dispositions toward things and same kind of whatever, except I weren't a believer, how would I give the gospel to that person? And I thought, I, I wonder, I wonder what I would say. It was convicting because as I thought about it, I thought, you know, it, this would be a tough point for me to talk about to myself as an adult, about the wrath of God. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd want to, I'd want to talk about salvation in different terms. I'd want to talk about the love of God. I'd want to talk about the benefits of being a Christian and the peace and all that. And it'd be really difficult, I think, for me to talk about to this other version of myself, his sin and God's wrath against that sin and saying, you know, just so you realize this, you are under God's condemnation. Hmm. Um, there is such a thing as wrath and God stepped in to take that. Of course, this whole thing is God's love, right? There's no difference between like God's love is in everything he does. But I thought that would be a, that'd be a difficult thing for me to, to talk about. I think we have a hard time recognizing wrath and, and be feeling okay with that in today's day and age. As you were, as you were saying that, I was thinking, I wonder if that's part of why it's so hard. You know, we always say, oh, it's so hard to share your faith with an unbeliever. It's awkward or it's this or that. And I'm sitting here thinking, I wonder if part of the reason it's so hard sometimes is because we don't even have the the best understanding of it because wow. Wow. knowing Jesus loves me and he died for my sins that's how that's how I got saved what unbeliever is going to care about that mm. like that mm. that does nothing for me that means nothing unless you have the underlying wrath of God and the condemnation and until you get that like there there are benefits of of being a Christian but also being a Christian isn't isn't a picnic. It's not a walk walk in the woods. Yeah. You know, you can't say, hey, you unsaved person, um, if you're a Christian, you're going to make more money and you're going to have a happier life <laughs> and there's never going to be any problems. Like we can't say that. No. So what's what's the what's the meat behind? What's the motivation behind that gospel? Yeah, Jesus loves you. Yeah, he died for your sins. But why did he have to die for your sins? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the part that I missed as a child. And so I think sometimes it's hard for me to explain it to someone when I don't even really know. I've never explained it to myself. Maybe yeah. I need to go do that. Yeah. What would you say differently to your adult self if you were going to share the gospel with them for the first time and talk to them about what salvation is and what it means? What would you say differently or what would you say similarly to how it was maybe presented to you when you were young? That's a tough question. Uh -huh. I grew up in a Christian household and in the church, but I actually didn't get saved until I was in high school. And I think it was it's very similar. Um, it wasn't until I realized the need for the repentance part of it, mm. of just like, oh, cool. Thanks. Thanks, Jesus. That's, that was nice of you. <laughs> like, you know, it was a very um, glib, like, okay, cool. And once I realized what it actually meant and what it meant for him and for me, then that's when things changed. Mm. And I think another thing, just going off my adult self with like my adult problems, <laughs> uh, I think I would say 
I, I love the beauty of sanctification. Mm. And I think I would simply say, you don't have to stay the way you are. Mm. Mm. Eternal life, it, it starts now. Like the new life starts now. The mm-hmm. new life doesn't start when I die. Um, th- that's when I'm brought into the presence of Jesus. But what you just said, Tately, like the joy of heaven isn't about a, a security deposit for eternity. Yeah, I mean, that's, that is, that is huge. But our changed life, a new life starts now. And I don't, I don't know if I could have understood that in the same way as a kid, as a kid, Mm. maybe as a kid, that initial, you know, statement of faith had to be on the basis of wanting to keep those things that mattered to me for forever. You know, my family, like, oh, I don't want to be separated from them. I want to be with them, with Jesus for forever. Maybe that's where it had to start. Maybe it's not until you have a little more experience, if I could say that, that you really realize, wow, I don't want to live this life just the same day in, day out, same problems day in, day out. I I, I want to see things change. I want to see God's power in my life. Mm-hmm. I think there is a huge difference between what you guys have said about a safe deposit to the future, which is... um well, I said yes now, so I'm going to be in heaven one day. And in the meantime, I can do whatever I want, mm. which was my understanding. Yep. And um, I think that shows through some of the things that I uh, got into as a younger person. And yeah, the realization that that eternal life starts now and the beauty of sanctification, which isn't perfection because you're never going to reach perfection on this earth, but it's a process and it's a beautiful process and it's a really not always fun, but um, it's it's a good process. And I think that that sort of made more sense to me a couple years ago with with the start of the pandemic mm. where where all of a sudden I wasn't in control of all the things that I'm normally in control of my job security and my health and this and that and the other thing and it sort of took that for me to realize just how important it is not to be living for some far off day in the future but but right now how everything I do should be influenced by what Christ did for me. Thank you for joining us for If That Makes Sense, the family life podcast about what life is really like as a young adult following Jesus. If you enjoy the show, please send it to a friend. Your genuine appreciation of the show is the best way for word to get out. And it would make our day if you left us a rating and a review wherever you found this episode. Family Life has more great original podcasts that you can check out at familylife.org slash podcast. Thanks again, and we look forward to having you along for the next one.